Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe and fun place to get real and learn about sex. Whether you're a man or woman, single or couple, this is the show for you. I am your host, Kevin Anthony, and I am here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and your relationships. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 273, and it is titled, These Are the Qualities That I Personally Love About Women. So, a few episodes back, I did an episode, uh, it was 269, and it was titled, These Are the Qualities That Women Love in Men with Karen Kay. So if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to it. It was a great episode. I uh, got really good feedback from that one. I, I, was, I was somewhat concerned that there might be a little backlash from that one, since there's so much backlash against men in general, and having a woman come on and talk about you know, all these wonderful things about men, I thought some people might kind of uh, take offense to that, but they didn't. The response has been overwhelmingly positive, which is fantastic. And in that episode, in the beginning, one of the things that I said was, all right, everybody, just calm down. This isn't all just about men. So before you write me nasty comments on YouTube or send me emails about why are you always, you know, saying such great things about men? Why is it always about men? I said, I will do an episode where I talk about the things that I love about women. Now, I had Karen come on the show to talk about what she loves about men because she's a woman. And I wanted to hear a woman's perspective about what women really love about men. And so I'm going to do this show on my own because I am a man and I feel that I'm qualified to talk about, in general, some of the things that men do love and appreciate about women. So that's what I'm going to do. In the previous episode, uh, Karen and I discussed 10 things that uh, she loved. She has a list of well over 100 as part of the uh, project that she's doing to um, recognize men for all that uh, we do. Uh, So I have 10 here. That's what I'm going to cover on this show. But just know that this is by no means... The only things that I love and appreciate about women. But there, you know, when I kind of sat down to think about it and write this list of 10, there, there's some of the things that, that came up first, immediately. Like things that were like, yes, those are things that I really want to talk about and share. So that is what we are going to be talking about on this episode. And I would say, you know, this isn't just about, oh, what is it that I love? So if you're a man listening to this episode, you should listen to it and think, okay, uh, do I agree with those? Are those things that I really love and admire about women? Uh, Because you might end up going, oh yeah, you know, that's true. I do love and admire that and I never really thought about it, right? Because sometimes we tend to take these things for granted. And so it might help you realize some things that you love about your woman or women in general uh, that maybe you were taking uh, for granted before. But let's say maybe you don't have a woman and you're dating or you want to be dating, then this might help you uh, figure out what to look for when looking for a particular person to date, like somebody you're interested in having a relationship with. So this list could be helpful for you there. And ladies, if you're listening to this, one, you can simply just uh, listen and be acknowledged. That's perfectly fine. And uh, you might want to look at it and go, hmm, so if, if these are the things that men are really love and appreciate about women, how many of those things do I actually do? And how well do I do them? Maybe I might, if I'm honest, look at myself and go, I got some of these, but not others. And maybe I would like to have some of them. And it, you might see some areas where you might want to develop yourself a little bit more. And maybe not. Maybe you're like, yep, that's me. I got all of those things and that's who I am. Great. Then just sit back and enjoy and, uh, you know, yeah, enjoy the appreciation that you will get today. Okay. So before we do that, a short word from my sponsor, 
Power and Mastery 3.0 is here. The men's sexual mastery program you have heard about on this show for a long time is now even better. I have personally reviewed every module, lesson, video, audio, and PDF to see if there was anything new that needed to be added. As a result, I have added 10 new videos, one new audio, eight new PDFs, dozens of links to handpicked products to help support your journey to mastery. In addition, there's also a brand new user interface that makes it easier to navigate the course and find your course materials. So if you are ready to become the sexual master you have always wanted to be, then go now to powerandmastery.com. That is powerandmastery.com. I will share a little personal story for you in regards to powerandmastery.com. This morning, I was spending time with an absolutely lovely woman who I have been seeing recently, and we had absolutely epic lovemaking this morning, where I am, of course, practicing many of the things that I teach in Power and Mastery. And after many rounds of ecstatically blissful orgasms, it was time to get up actually and do some work today. So (laughs) I got up, I came downstairs, uh, I had my morning lemon water and was looking at my email and I saw sales of power and mastery that happened during that time that I was lovemaking. I thought, how awesome is that? I am literally practicing what I preach and people are buying it and learning it right as I'm doing that. Doesn't get any better than that. So thank you to everyone who has already purchased Power and Mastery. And if you have not, and you want to up your game, powerandmastery.com is the place to do it. All right. So let's just jump into the 10 things that I love and appreciate about women. Number one, they're feminine. I know. Shocker, right? This is a, wait, what? (laughs) But this is something that I truly appreciate about women. And the reason why it is on this list, even though it sounds like it's such a simple thing, is because there has been so much talk and societal pressure these days about the fact that there's no differences, right? Like we're, we're basically trying to make men and women all the same. And we'll talk about that when we come to number three, too. But one of the things that I love about women is that they are feminine. So as a masculine man, I love having the opposite polarity around me. I love that energy. So all the things that uh, have to do with being feminine and, you know, We could go into a long list of what does it really mean to be feminine. In fact, that's kind of where this even came from, was having a conversation um, with somebody who uh, does women's work. She's a woman. She does women's circles and women's work. And the topic was around what does it really mean to be a healthy, balanced feminine. And and when talking about that and thinking about what it is, I thought, man, I, I love all those things about women. The fact that they are indeed feminine, that they do embody that classic femininity. So um, yeah, that is definitely something that I really love and appreciate. You know, it'd probably be an entire episode, really, to talk about um, what it truly means to be a healthy, balanced feminine. And one of the reasons I'm not going to go into it here is because that is an upcoming show where I will have that woman on to talk about that. I don't know when that's going to happen yet. It might not be for a month or so, but it is already in the works. So uh, just for now, know that one of the things that I really love and appreciate about women, and I think a lot of uh, men as well do is the fact that women are feminine. And we will dive into that in a future episode a lot deeper about what that really means. But that brings me to number two. They bring beauty to the world, not just their physical form, but how they create beauty in the world. So you've probably heard the term that a woman makes a house a home. And this is absolutely true. Now, look, I know there's some guys out there that are amazing at decorating and they can create beautiful spaces. In general, though, 
that's not so much the case. A perfect example, I was in LA about a month ago uh, for a business meeting, and it was at this amazing, beautiful, giant house up in Bel Air, and it's only men living in this house. And as amazing and beautiful as this particular place was, I was standing there and, you know, it had artwork on the walls. It had, it had apparently all the things that you should probably have in a house like that. But as I'm kind of walking around and thinking, wow, this space is amazing, I'm thinking it's missing something. And as I walked around a little bit more, I realized what it was. I said, this house is missing the female touch. It's missing what a woman brings to a space. And of course, I find out later on, I didn't know at the time that uh, it was only men uh, living and working in this space. But when I found that out, I went, of course, of course. And it shows. It was something that I felt as soon as I walked into the space. I'm like, wow, this place is amazing. And yet it's missing something. So it's not just what they, what they bring as far as, you know, um, creating space, but just a lot of what they bring into the world is beauty. Like, you know, guys probably wouldn't focus too much on having flowers around or gardening and making the, you know, having beautiful flowers in the garden, but women will, they will do that. The reality is, is that as men, we can get by in a more sort of cold utilitarian style world, but the quality of life is so much better when we're in a beautiful world. And men create beauty in the world too. Uh, you know, a lot of great architecture and things were, you know, were created by men. And at the same time, a lot of that amazing architecture and art created by men was absolutely inspired by women to begin with. <laughs> if it wasn't for the women, they probably wouldn't have made all of that amazing art. Um, but yeah, just this, this idea that they create beauty sort of wherever they go uh, is something that I really appreciate about women because, yeah, kind of as I just said a moment ago, uh, life is better when there's more beauty in it. It's, it's just that simple. Um, and of course, there's the beauty of their physical form as well. Uh, just, you know, looking at the curves and the, the time that they take to uh, nurture themselves, take care of their bodies, do their hair, wear beautiful clothes, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's possible that the, that the woman in your world uh, doesn't take time to do those things. I, I hope that's not the case. But hopefully you have a woman in your life who does do those things. And then when she walks down the stairs and you see her in that cute little outfit, you just instantly get a smile. And you're like, yeah. And like, whatever you're working on, you can't help but look over there and admire and appreciate it. So number two for me is the beauty that they bring to the world in many different ways. Number three, I probably should have made this number two since it was so close to number one. <laughs> and I kind of laugh because I can't even believe I have to write this. But number three is they're different from men. And not just because they're feminine. Ah, that's a very obvious difference. And that's why I made these two different things. But they are literally different from us in many, many, many ways. And that is a beautiful thing. With all the talk these days about trying to level the playing field and, you know, make everybody equal and eliminate gender from everything, right? What we should be doing is embracing the differences and appreciating the differences. I am so glad that women are not the same as men. <laughs> If they were the same as men, what would we need them for? We'd just hang out with other men. <laughs> Which, you know, if we are healthy masculine, we should be hanging out with other men so that we have an outlet for that. And we should also be spending time, you know, if we are uh, considered, uh, if we consider ourselves heterosexual, we should be spending time with women 
well, I mean, everybody should be spending time with women, whether you're heterosexual or homosexual, but that's not the point. The point is, if we're attracted to women, we want to be in relationship with women, we should be spending time with them. And that time is really about uh, acknowledging, appreciating the differences between us, feeling that polarity, those different energies between us. And some of the things I'm going to talk about as I go through this are differences between the two that I really love and appreciate. But I really just had to, I had to at least take a moment to talk about the fact that I absolutely love and appreciate that women are different from men. This is not a bad thing in any way. This is actually a very good thing. Uh, you know, in our modern society, these days, you know, not that this is a great example, but, you know, if you look at what any of the big fashion designers are doing now and you see, you know, the men uh, walking the runway, you see them basically dressed up as like over-exaggerated women. So they are hyper-feminizing men. And then, you know, you look at women and you look at them in the workplace and what are they doing? They're putting on pantsuits with shoulder pads in them. Why do they do that? Well, because the suit is like a male suit and the shoulder pads give them bigger, wider shoulders like a man and the short haircuts are more like a man. And it's a way uh, of trying to sort of compete with men in the workplace. You know, I, I understand why that strategy and approach has been used. And yet at the same time, I think that trying to be the same as a man is not the right strategy for a powerful woman to use. That I think that she should accentuate the fact that she is a woman and that she's different. And that doesn't mean wear tight clothes and have tons of cleavage popping out. That's not what I'm talking about here. But she should be, I think... Um, you know, emphasizing the fact that she is actually a woman instead of a man. So don't, don't try to dress up like a man and act like a man and be like a man, you know, dress like a woman. However, you know, it doesn't have to be super sexy, but uh, embrace the fact that you're a woman and use your feminine powers to lead from that place rather than trying to lead from the more masculine place. So that's that's kind of what I mean in, in that scenario. But but we see that in uh, our society today. We see pushing women to be more like men and pushing men to be more like women. And, and in the end, we end up basically kind of the same in this weird sort of wishy-washy way that completely destroys polarity. And we wonder why relationships don't work. So number three is... Uh, they are different from men, and I absolutely love and appreciate that about them. Okay, number four. They multiply whatever you give them. So you've heard this from many times too. This is, this is not something new or something that, that I've created, but it is something that I have witnessed. You know, you could, you could give a woman uh, a small amount of haphazard groceries and somehow she'll find a way to make a creative meal out of it, right? And, you know, I understand I'm talking in generalities because I know that there are plenty of men that can do that too. Just like when we talked about, you know, the things that Karen loved about men, there's plenty of, uh, you know, uh, women who can do those things as well. But we're, we're really talking about sort of the general nature of men versus women. There's always going to be outliers, so I think we all understand that at this point. But, you know, like, if, if I'm given, you know, a few amounts of groceries, yeah, I can, I can turn them into a meal. It's no problem. I'm a decent cook. But it was never the same as the creativity and the amazingness that Celine would create when she would be in that position. Oh, you know, it's the the end of the week and we haven't gone shopping yet and this is what we got left or we're traveling or camping or something like that and this is all we've got, right? And she'd always find a way to turn it into something that seemed like more than the sum of its parts. Um, you know, and of course you've heard other uh, ideas along these lines like, you know, give them your sperm, they'll turn it into a child, you know, like you, you've heard all of those things before, but but that is kind of what they do. They, they multiply things. You know, here's another example of, of how women multiply things. 
you know, if you really treat your woman well and you give her lots of love and attention and you give her the kind of sex that she wants and you satisfy her and you provide for her as a masculine, she will take that and she will return the love to you uh, in multiples, literally, of, of what you put into it. Now, inevitably, there's going to be somebody listening going, oh, yeah, well, I gave and gave and gave, and I did this and I did that, and she didn't appreciate Okay, again, there's always outliers. But in general, you know, if you do those things, she will return to you in, in love and respect, in nurturing, in sex, all of those things far more than, than you put in. So that's one of the beautiful qualities that I love about women is that they, they multiply things. They, they're creators in the literal sense uh, and in the metaphorical sense too. All right, number five, they are amazingly intuitive. I, I can't even tell you how many times I have been amazed at the intuitive hits that women in my life have had. Uh, and, you know, the, the most, I guess, recent example that comes up uh, in my mind is there was a trip that Selena and I used to take with a group of people every year, and we went on it numerous years in a row, and we always loved it, we always enjoyed it. And uh, at the end of 2019, in, into the beginning of 2020, when it was coming time to book travel arrangements for this trip that we do every year, that we did every year, um, Celine just out of nowhere says to me, I don't think we should go this year. And I was like, okay, why? I thought you loved this trip. And she said, oh, I do love the trip. She's like, and I would love to go. She's like, but I just have a feeling that we shouldn't go this year. And I was like, okay. Now, at that point, I had already witnessed so many times where she just had an intuitive hit, and I just learned to, to trust it. Whenever she said that, you know, she had a strong feeling about something, that she was probably right. So I said, okay, uh, we won't do that. Maybe we'll do a small... And that, that was a trip out of the country, by the way. It's kind of important when you if you haven't already figured out why, why uh, we, it was good we didn't go on the trip, which I'll explain in a minute. But I said, well, maybe we'll just do something, you know, a little smaller, you know, closer to home. There's a few little places we had wanted to go uh, more nearby. So we didn't make arrangements. We didn't buy tickets. We told everybody that we weren't going to go. Some people were disappointed and, you know, that's, that's just how it was. But I had learned to trust her. Well, <laughs> just a few short months later, around the time that this trip would have happened, the entire world shut down due to COVID. Now, did we know at the time that such a thing as COVID even existed? Nope, not when we originally made the decision. After we made the decision, we had heard about this happening in China, but there was no indication that it was going to come here to the U.S., so uh, that's just one example. I mean, she knew months ahead of time that we should not travel internationally. And I can tell you, I have some friends who were traveling internationally at the time. I have one friend who was traveling uh, in India uh, when COVID happened, again, not knowing this was going to happen. And she got stuck, locked down in India for six months and was not allowed to leave the country. So... Uh, I was enormously grateful to her for having that intuition, and I was happy that I allowed myself to trust her and listen to that. And again, that's just one example. Anytime now that I am with a woman that I trust, somebody that I know is, is tapped in and, and can really tap into her own feminine intuition and is generally pretty right on. It doesn't even matter who she is, whether, whether she is a, uh, you know, a romantic partner of mine or not. I will stop and listen and go, okay, tell me, tell me what, what you think. And I will very seriously <laughs> consider uh, whatever 
advice they have in that moment because I've just learned women have an amazing ability to really tap into uh, that field out there and and just sometimes know stuff. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Celine used to say all the time uh, that, that one of the things she loved about uh, her cycle, about the, the week uh, you know, of her period where she'd be bleeding is that she felt it was easier to get in touch with that. And so she really used to use that time to really go inward and yeah, search for any messages that might be coming through. And uh, yeah, she, she felt that, that was kind of like a, a, a hidden superpower of women, that they had the ability every month to where the veil would be thinner, that, that veil between this realm and that realm would be thinner during that time and that she could tap in even more easily. So yeah, number five is they are amazingly intuitive. So guys, if you're listening, now, you know, it helps if your woman has had a track record and you've learned to trust her, but you know, if she's telling you she feels strongly about something, you should really listen to that. And ladies, you know, I have known quite a few women who get these intuitive hits, but don't listen to them because they don't trust themselves. So my advice to you is learn to trust it. Learn to trust it because it can be an amazingly powerful tool. All right, so that's the first five, about halfway through the show. So I'm going to pause for a break from my second sponsor and then get into the next five. Hey guys, you know what makes a man great? You know the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to and want. Is it money, job title, his physical body, being great in bed, a big penis, great pickup lines? But what if you don't have those or only some of them? What if you've had a string of failed relationships, are embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? I can help you. If you are ready to make big changes and finally become the man you have always wanted to be, then this is the program for you. To find out more, please go to kevinandceline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. That is kevinandceline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. That is my men's coaching program. Of course, we cover all of the things about how to be a sexual master, but it goes so, so much further than that. When we talk about, uh, you know, masculinity and how to really step up and be, uh, you know, a a strong masculine, how to show up uh, as a healthy masculine in relationships, how to create great relationships, it's all in there. And you will see that as we work on those things, It will ripple out into the rest of your life too. You'll see your work relationships get better. You might even see your income go up. You'll see your motivation, all of that stuff because it's all tied together. That is all in the program. So go check that out, kevinandceline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. All right, let's get back into the qualities or the things that I love and appreciate about women. Number six, they are by their nature very nurturing. This is something that I really love about women. Like, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, you can say it's nature because, you know, women are mothers and they have to give birth and they have to nurture, you know, children. Okay, yeah, great. But it doesn't stop there with children. If they're, especially if they're happy and they feel safe and comfortable in their life and in their environment, they will want to nurture everything uh, in their life, including you. Um, so, you know, and, and that's, that is a beautiful and wonderful thing. The fact that before you step out to an important business meeting, um, she will make sure that your collar's straight and your shirt looks good and, you know, that coffee you got on the side of your beard over here is gone and like, you know, if you end up getting sick, they will take care of you. Uh, it's, it, it's truly amazing. I have, you know, as I'm sure many of you have, witnessed this many times, even in situations where, you know, maybe it wasn't a partner and it wasn't their, their job, you know, to nurture you. And then something happens and you need some help and they just, they, they switch right into nurture mode. So, um, yeah, 
that's something that is, is a very beautiful quality about women, the fact that they're nurturing. Because I mean, hey, look, who doesn't need a little bit of nurturing from time to time? I don't care how much of a badass dude you are, you know, how, how uh, you know, much of a trained military killer you are, whatever. At some point when you come home from the battlefield, you, you need a little nurturing from your woman, right? So the fact that they are just naturally nurturing in that way is something that I really love and appreciate about women. Number seven, when balanced, they can move back and forth between being feminine and masculine. This is a quality I really admire when it's done well. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of reasons why I admire that. So as men, for the most part, we're pretty firmly rooted in our masculine, especially for men that haven't done a lot of work around acknowledging the fact that they do have feminine energies, right? We, all men have masculine, feminine energies. All women have masculine, feminine energies. But as heterosexual men, we tend to be dominant in the masculine. Doesn't mean the feminine isn't there. And with feminine women, other way around, right? Dominant in the uh, feminine. But even though as men, we will sometimes, if we've done the work, acknowledge and embrace you know, our feminine side. And even if those things do occasionally come out from time to time, we are pretty firmly rooted in our masculine 98% of the time. We just are. That's, that's just how we are. Women, on the other hand, and I don't know if it's just because society has forced them to develop this, or maybe this is just part of, you know, who they are uh, naturally, but I have noticed that, that a balanced woman has this ability to move back and forth between her feminine and her masculine sides. And that is really actually powerful because it is true that we still live in a mostly male or masculine dominated world. You know, a lot of things that have to happen in the world are very masculine things. A lot of the work that needs to be done, a lot of the situations we need to deal with require us showing up with some serious masculine energy. And yet for women, their nature is also feminine. And they should, and they need to be in their feminine uh, when, you know, they show up with their man or maybe with, with their children, that sort of thing. But yet, especially if they're a uh, single or a single mom, they also need to be doing a lot of those masculine things. Or, or even if they are in a loving, committed relationship, uh, maybe they have a job that requires them to be very much in their masculine. Maybe they are a lawyer during the daytime, right? But then they come home to their man, and maybe their man is you know, a very masculine man. So if she comes home from being in masculine lawyer mode and tries to have a loving relationship with her man, who's also a masculine man, right? This is where we get all that headbutting and competition going on in relationship that's never healthy for a relationship. So uh, what she needs to be able to do is come home from that masculine job and switch into her feminine mode. And when a woman is balanced, she can absolutely do this. Uh, this is something that Celine used to spend a lot of time teaching women. She had a program that she called the Irresistible Woman. And that was one of the big pieces about it. It's like, <clears throat> how do you, as a feminine woman, step up and do what needs to be done in a masculine world while also still maintaining your femininity? And then how do you switch effortlessly back and forth between the two? It's not necessarily an easy thing to do. And I think most women would probably be happier overall if they could just stay in their feminine all the time, or at least the majority of the time. But that's unfortunately not the society that we live in. So uh, the ability for them to move back and forth in there uh, is really, I think, kind of a superpower. Um, but it does require a woman to be, you know, what we call balanced. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, uh, at some point in the future, I'm working on having an episode talking about what it truly means to be a healthy, balanced, feminine woman. 
by having a woman who works with women uh, on that on the show. So that that's in progress, as I mentioned in the beginning. So I, I want to save the bulk of that conversation for that episode. But just know that this ability of women to move back and forth between being soft and receptive in their feminine and uh, you know getting shit done and being in their masculine when it's necessary is something I appreciate when it's done well. Um, and I think it's kind of a superpower. All right, number eight. They are the most sexually powerful of the two sexes. Oh, did I say it? Oh, yes, I did. And there's a truth bomb for you. <laughs> you know, sometimes guys just don't want to hear this. They, they, they don't want to hear. They want to think that them and their cock is the most powerful thing out there when it comes to sex. It's not. Let me tell you. A powerful woman who really embodies her sexuality, if she wants to wreck you in under like five minutes, she can do it. I don't care how great you think you are in bed, she can do it. And even if she can't, at some point, you will most likely have an orgasm slash ejaculation and you'll be done for a while. But not her. She can keep going and going and going. There is literally no limit to the amount of orgasms and sexual pleasure and sexual energy that a woman can move. And that to me is absolutely amazing. And I love being on the receiving end of that limitlessness. Um, so I have absolutely no problem with uh, speaking the truth on that and saying that, yeah, women, women are definitely more sexually powerful. They don't always show up that way because a lot of them have trauma around their sexuality. And so they're holding back a lot of the time where they don't feel safe with their man because, you know, their man can't keep up. I mean, that's, let's be honest, they can't last long enough. They can't withstand the intensity of the sexual energy that women can bring to a sexual encounter. Uh, and so they hold back. And so they, know they don't really get a chance to fully uh, embrace that or really unleash it, I think is a better word. Um, but, you know, if they've dealt with their traumas and they've gotten to a place where they can really have open and healthy sexuality... They are limitless when it comes to their ability to give and receive pleasure and move sexual energy. Um, it's, I, I am in awe sometimes of their ability to do that. And it is unbelievably powerful. You know, for, for me as a man, you know, I, I do my best to practice what I preach. And everything that I teach in courses like, you know, Sexual Mastery at PowerMastery.com is coming from, you know, my personal experiences. Um, and a lot of it was the personal experience of Selena and I together. So, you know, what we created together and uh, what both of our roles in that creation was and then trying to package that all into a course. And it it's you know, everything that I teach in the, in the coaching program too comes from that. And for me, being on the receiving end, like if I am really, you know, in my power and, and, and living in that moment, being a sexual master, just hanging on and feeling the sheer power of a woman who is truly in her sexual ecstasy and bliss and multiple rolling orgasms of just like shaking and convulsing and like just there is nothing more amazing than feeling that. So this is something that I try to teach guys a lot of times is that, hey, you know, if you can learn how to last long enough and you can be able to get your woman to that level of sexual ecstasy, what you're going to feel, the feedback that you're going to get from that is going to be even better than your own ejaculation. And this is something that a lot of times men just can't comprehend because to them, the ultimate sexual sensation is when they have an ejaculation. And that, that can be very powerful for sure, especially if you go through all of 
what I just described, and then you ejaculate, sure, that can be super powerful. But you don't need that ejaculation. And if you're really able to take her to those levels of ecstasy and orgasmic bliss, then uh, it's, it's pretty much the most amazing thing I think anyway, one of the most amazing things that you can really experience uh, here in a physical body as a human on earth. It is that amazing. Um, So if you can't do that as a guy, then you really need to learn how to do it. Because I'm telling you, if you haven't experienced it, like if you're listening to me describe this and you're like, I don't get it, I don't really understand, like, I don't really know what he's talking about. You need to learn it. Do whatever it takes. You don't have to learn from me if you don't want to. There's plenty of people out there that teach this stuff. Some are not that good. Some are very good. Um, But just learn it. Trust me. Wherever you learn it from, learn it, master it, and then you will absolutely know what I'm talking about. And ladies, if you've never been able to get there, then, you know, do what you can to help your man get there. Uh, Support him in taking the steps and the action that needs to be taken in order for him to be able to do that. It is for your own good, because once he can master that, you are going to experience things that you didn't even know were possible. So there you go. Number eight, they are the most sexually powerful of the two sexes, hands down, not even debatable. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But that even though that may be the case, this is not a competition because trust me, the fact that women are so uh, sexually powerful benefits you as a man too. So it's a win-win. Number nine, their ability to use receptiveness to lead and accomplish things. This is something, I've talked about this a lot and sometimes I get I get, you know, sort of negative feedback from guys about it. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, because one of the, one of the ways that I've often tried to describe this, and it's not the best way to describe it, but you, you'll kind of get the idea, is that women have this ability to get you as a man to do stuff and think that it was actually your original idea when in reality it was their idea. Now, Every time I say that, inevitably some guy goes, well, that's manipulation. That's not right. Women shouldn't be manipulating men. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about manipulating, tricking, fooling, conjoling, anything like that. It's just that they can have an idea. and, And rather than coming to you and saying, here's my idea, and here's what I think you should do, and here's how I think you should do it, and I've set this up for you, and I want you to do that. That's the masculine way, right? That sort of pushing, penetrating way of like, you know, making stuff happen. Whereas a woman will instead, you know, come to you and say, well, you know, I had this idea of, you know, maybe we could do this. And if, if we did that, then this is what would happen. And then I would feel so blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, this is how it would make me feel. And, and they like, all of a sudden you're, you're hearing this and it's, no, it's not a direct necessarily like, here's what I want you to do. But you hear it and you're like, yeah, I want to create that for you. And so then you start coming up with your own ideas about how to actually implement it and make it happen. You're like, I just had this brilliant idea. Okay, yeah, you, you did have an idea on how to implement it, but originally the idea came, you could call it inspiration, right? Maybe that's another way of saying it. Um, you've heard many times uh, that, you know, that women are, have been called the muse, like lots of great artists and uh, even politicians, like uh, using the word great and politician in the same sentence. Yeah, anyway, we'll just leave that there. <laughs> but you get it. People who have done famous things that you've known about have often talked about Um, having a really powerful woman as their sort of muse. And so a lot of times what that means is the idea is really coming from the woman. Uh, Now, of course, you know, some people, and rightfully so, will say a lot of women have had a lot of great ideas that men have taken credit for. Absolutely true. Sometimes because they wanted the credit and the, the, the recognition and the glory for it. And other times because they really thought it was their idea. <laughs> but, but this idea that rather than women coming through and using the masculine approach, 
that they can accomplish just as much, if not even more, from the position of being more receptive and feminine. And I can honestly tell you from having had these conversations with other women who do women's work, um, that when they, when they talk about this subject, that a lot of times women are like, what are you talking about? Like women themselves don't even always uh, understand that because they've been so trained by society that the only way they can accomplish stuff is to get in their masculine and accomplish stuff. And that's really just not the case. So, um, yeah, this idea that they can use their receptiveness to actually lead and accomplish things and to enroll us as men into creating their vision and have us be happy about doing it, um, I think is yet another superpower uh, that women have. So um, that is number nine on the list. And that's another one that uh, for sure, when we have that future conversation, uh, that we will talk about a whole lot more. All right, last one on the list, number 10, they bring balance to the masculine. If you haven't figured it out yet, this reality that we live in is all about duality. Now, I know there's probably, well, I don't know how many, <laughs> I don't know how many sort of new age spirituality people actually listen to this show. Maybe some do. Um, the ones that do are probably my friends. <laughs> this is a very big sort of new age, uh, alternative spirituality community in Southern California. If you weren't already aware of that, um, but there's this idea in those communities about transcending, um, the duality and returning back to the one. And I'm not saying that those ideas are wrong, but what I am saying is that as long as we're here in this reality, the very nature of the construct of the reality is duality, good, evil, light, dark, right? Um, so everything is about the opposites, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. So there's been many representations of that. Of course, there's the classic Chinese yin-yang symbol, which is, you know, if you, if you really look at it, it is the merging of opposites, right? But they are merging in equal and harmonious ways. There's just as much black as there is white. And in the white, there's a little bit of black. And in the black, there's a little bit of white, right? So that, that's kind of that idea. So my opinion, at least at this stage in my life, and maybe as I get older and wiser, I might have a different opinion on this. But I feel currently at this moment that as long as we are in physical bodies, we will never truly escape duality. And that's okay. Um, you know, one of the things that duality does bring to us is contrast. So how could we know if something was good if there wasn't something necessarily bad to compare it to? It's a very classic spiritual idea. I think it is wonderful to try to do your best to transcend that uh, as much as you can. But I think that as long as we're here in physical bodies, um, the duality is part of the construct of the reality and that we should embrace that. And so one of the things that I love about uh, the feminine and women is that they bring balance to the masculine. And, you know, in this case, you know, we're not looking at masculine and feminine as, you know, good or bad, right? Um, so it's not like, oh, we need one because one's bad and we need some good in there to balance it out. That's not what I'm saying. But I, I wouldn't actually want to live in a world that was dominated purely by masculine energy. I wouldn't want to live in a world that didn't have enough masculine energy either, which is kind of where we're headed today. Um, but, you know, I, I, my ideal is where there is balance between the two. And so that's one of the things that I love about women and uh, them being feminine creatures is that they balance out the masculine. And, you know, if we truly embrace that as a society, we will see society get a lot better. You know, one of the things I often hear people talk about is, you know, if only women ruled the place, right? If only women were the ones making the decisions and not men, we'd have no war and we'd have only peace. That is absolutely not true. <laughs> 
First of all, I could list, a, I could give you quite a list of warmonger women politicians from around the world who've caused a lot of death and destruction as well. So just merely being a woman does not mean that you're going to bring peace to earth. Um, but remember that if it was all women or predominantly women, as it has been predominantly men, uh, that would also be out of balance. And that would create maybe different problems, maybe some of the same problems, but problems nonetheless. So uh, I really think that having a nice balance of the two is really important. And that's one of the things that I really love about uh, women. And you know, having been single a lot of my life, having been in some really deep relationships, having been married, um, I can honestly say that I feel like my life is more in balance when I have the feminine in and around me, like my energy field, um, on a regular basis. I feel like the quality of life is better uh, when that is the case. So that's number 10. They bring balance to the masculine, which is a great thing. And by the way, we as men bring balance to the feminine as well. So that goes both ways. Uh, that's not just, oh, men need women in order to be in balance. Trust me, women need men in order to be in balance also. Um, you know, if you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever seen, um, you know, say a group of like five or six women trying to decide what to do or how to do something or where to go in a particular uh, night and how they're all back and forth with each other, right? And it doesn't seem like a whole lot's getting done. Yeah, that can happen. Not saying it happens all the time, but it can happen. Whereas, you know, you, you bring some masculine energy into that and all of a sudden the husband step in and it's like, how about we do this? And then things start to coalesce a little bit. So anyway, balance, that's, that's really the key. Well, that's one of the keys to life right there. Give myself another truth bomb, bringing balance. All right. Well, there you go. That's what I have. When I sat down to think about some of the things that I truly, the qualities that I personally uh, loved and appreciated about women, um, those were the first ones that came to my mind. Uh, I figured I probably wouldn't have more time to do or, or enough time to do more than 10. So I think that uh, 10 was the right number. And of course, it brings us in balance because we did 10 things that women love about men and we did 10 things that men love about women. So there you go. I hope that it was helpful for you in all the ways that I described. It could potentially be helpful for you at the beginning of the show. And that is all I have for this episode. And I will see you next week. I hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free exclusive content, join me in the Passion Vault at kevinandceline.com forward slash vault. That's kevinandceline.com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, as Celine used to say, you're amazing.